clock has struck 3 a.m. The witching hour has begun. Are you ready to be initiated into the Black Magic Coven? Join your sisters, Kaylee, Liz, Andrea, and Marissa, as we meet to discuss the macabre, creepy, and sinister. We call upon the Four Corners to summon the last settlers of Roanoke. Ladies, do you guys know anything about the Lost Colony of Roanoke? I think I watched that season of American Horror Story. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kathy Bates was involved somehow. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of the original settlers, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I honestly really enjoyed that season of American Horror Story. It is. It's really good. It's fun. <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed it too, actually. It but... felt like it didn't take itself too seriously like some of the other seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was also yeah. a simple enough plot all the way through. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and I'm yeah. curious to rewatch uh, it now because, I mean, I obviously didn't know the as much as I do now researching for this episode during mm-hmm. the time I watched that. But thinking about the parts of that season that I do remember, it does not seem at all relevant to the historical information given. <laughs> it's like very right, far, yeah. far-fetched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but initially, like, I didn't know too much. Just they disappeared and, you know, not really. It was never really a thing I dove deep into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much all I know as well. Just the, uh, this colony disappeared. Where did they go? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Okay, well, let's start from the top with just a little bit of uh, history of kind of how it all started. Uh, so Roanoke Colony refers to two different attempts that were made by uh, Sir Walter Raleigh to f- be the founder of the first permanent English settlement settlement in North America. So that was on orders of Queen Elizabeth I. It was one of the, he was one of the uh, guys that she sent out to start settling in North America. So the first Roanoke was established in 1585 and the governor was Ralph Lane. Uh, the colony included not really any women and children and it was mostly a large amount of military men um, but the colony failed rather quickly due to a lack of supplies. Uh, obviously, when you're traveling across the seas in many boats, there's big storms and they lost some of their supplies and one of their ships was really badly damaged. So they weren't able to set up the colony for as large a group of people as they had initially thought they'd be able to when they left England. Uh, so the first Roanoke lasted approximately a year before Lane was like, forget this, let's go back to England. We'll try this again, maybe later. So despite Typical the failure- not <laughs> Right, <enough>. yeah. <laughs> you didn't account for a shipwreck? Come on, dude, it's the 1500s. Yeah. <laughs> of course it's gonna if happen. If the women did this, they would have three extra boats. Hell yeah. They would have been totally prepared. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Mm. Oh, it's okay, we lost a ship. We've got four extra. We prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so despite the failure of the first attempt, Raleigh insisted that they give it another shot. Uh, he was had a lot of pressure put on him by the queen to basically get shit done and explore the lands and start settling people down. So this time the expedition uh, was led by John White alongside Raleigh. So approximately 117 people agreed to make their new colony their home and start heading towards North America. Some of the folks included White's pregnant daughter and her husband, plus many women and children, which again, the first time around, there weren't really any women and children, and there were no real military involved in the settlement. And from what I read, there were mostly middle-class English people that, you know, were pretty well off and were just kind of like, well, let's, we may as well embark into a new land. Uh, So the colonists set out on the seas. They arrive uh, on July 25th, I put 1857, but it was 1587. 1587 just seems so far away. It does. <laughs> in, my, in my mind, I kept typing 1800s instead of mm-hmm. the 1500s. So it was uh, 1587 that they land near Roanoke. They disembark, they get off the boats. Uh, some of the men lead an expedition to find Lane's original colony. But when they discover it, they find, um, well, before they discover it, they face many attacks from the mainland tribes that had been there. 
And when they did eventually find Lane's original colony, it was dismantled and overgrown, specifically with melons, according to one of the articles I read. Mm -hmm. There was just melons growing everywhere. Uh, and a lot of the houses were no longer standing. And, uh, so they clearly had just kind of gave up on it. Uh, fun fact on August 15th, 1587, Virginia Dare was the first baby born to English parents in North America. So she's the first ever English settler, I guess, to be born in North America. But shortly after their birth, it became clear that once again, this expedition was not fully prepared. Uh, one of their ships, again, was damaged. They lost some of their supplies. Uh, the colonists started to realize kind of the desperate situation they were in, and they pleaded with Raleigh and White to return, uh, to, or pleaded with White to return to speak with Raleigh, saying that they needed more assistance, um, that they were desperate in desperate need of supplies. Uh, so White and his men departed for England on August 27th, 1587. They eventually arrived in England and they are unfortunately met with the Spanish Armada mobilizing an attack. So that left them kind of stuck in England. They had no way really to leave with the war going on. Uh, they were stuck in England for three years, which is kind of insane. Can you imagine meeting those colonists? They're just like, when are they coming back? <laughs> I just wonder on a normal like voyage, how long it would have taken back then to get from like because it's like oh we're just gonna run back home real quick and <laughs> yeah, grab some right. stuff we'll be back in a couple weeks <laughs> i i do i will say one of the articles i read said specifically on the first uh or the second voyage to establish roanoke it was agreed upon on january 2nd or 7th i can't remember of 1587 and they arrived on july 25th of 1857. So they, it was a pretty, I mean, it's a long time, but it's not like it took two years to get, to get there. Um, oh man, I said, um, Tim, get rid of the ums. <laughs> I'm just picturing now because everybody's walking out of the house and like, oh, I forgot my mask. I got to run back inside. And it's like, no, you're in America and you got to go back to England by boat and like grab some guns and like food and rationing well, so. i don't yeah. know <laughs> well, again this goes into planning you know have another voyage scheduled to come in like six months or like check up on you after a year you know stuff like that Absolutely. like yeah i guess maybe back then they i don't know i mean did they just not have forethought like that <laughs> I mean, Honestly, probably not. Have, they have no experience. Have you guys yeah. either watched or read The Terror by Dan Simmons? The AMC turned no. it into a TV show. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. like an expedition uh, from England. And they were completely not prepared. And they like paid this really cheap company to make their tinned goods. And everything was spoiling. And so it's like par for the course it sounds like for back then yeah. just, like we're gonna expand and find new lands and make a colony and not think much of it mm -hmm. hopefully if we ever try to colonize mars we'll be a little bit more prepared <laughs> oh absolutely not doesn't it take like That's five years to get there yeah <laughs> so we definitely to... can't just say uh let's go back to earth to get some more <laughs> yeah. stuff. just make a quick quick run back to the planet earth and i'll be right not back. if we make friends with night crawlers and use their magical pants Boom. Oh, you're right there oh you my go. gosh <laughs> honestly genius <laughs> i hope the night crawlers are what's keeping us together right now modern solutions <laughs> for modern problems <laughs> yeah uh so they get to England to get more supplies, and they're essentially stuck in England. Uh, I didn't write a ton of notes on this, but when they do finally get to leave England, uh, again, they face treacherous storms, and uh, they get it takes them a while, a while, a little longer to get there than they originally it originally would have because of the storms and some of the other things they faced. And on the morning of August 18th, 1590, so three years later, a group of sailors from two English ships made their way up a sandy beach to where they had left years before, uh, essentially expecting to come across the colony that they had left behind pretty quickly. Uh, John White obviously had returned uh, with the hopes to find, I put his wife, it's his daughter. He was hoping to find his daughter and her husband and his granddaughter, obviously now she's a toddler running around, or really any familiar face from the colony that he had left behind. 
I mean, when you think about it, 117 people, you probably get to know them all pretty quickly, right? Who's who? Mm -hmm. So White's calling out the name of his family, uh, anyone else he knows, but he's met with no response. Uh, instead, he finds that they had built a new fort in the years that he had been gone, but it appeared to have been abandoned and contained nothing but discarded and heavy items, which I don't know exactly what heavy items. <laughs> I wish it was a little more specific. Yeah. So like they, they left their yeah, gym like equipment. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was picturing they just disappeared, like all their personal belongings were there, but they actually like packed up and left. Yes. Yeah, I, dude, yeah. this was not yeah. like a Langoliers style disappearance, you know? Honestly, yeah, That the first I ever heard of Roanoke, I remember, I don't remember who told me, but I remember them talking about it and them saying that when they returned to the colony, like food was sitting on the fires and clearly it, it seemed as if they'd almost just vanished into thin air. That's what mm-hmm. I was picturing in my yeah. brain. Yeah. When I initially yeah. heard this story, that was my understanding was like, it yeah. seemed it seemed that they had been there moments ago or minutes ago and suddenly not a single soul was in sight. But what actually happened was it turns out um, some things had been left behind. Many of the houses in the settlement had been dismantled, seemingly in a somewhat hurriedly fashion, but I don't really know like how those houses were dismantled or assembled to begin with. So I don't know. I tried to read a little more about what exactly they looked like or how exactly they were put together, but I couldn't find much about it. But specifically it mentioned that it seemed as if it had been a rushed process that the homes were dismantled. Uh, but none of the 117 original members of the colony were ever located. So the only thing that was found that could even give them some sort of a clue to maybe what would have happened was the word uh, Croatoan was carved on a fence and then the letters CRO were carved in a nearby tree located within kind of the boundaries of the settlement. So. There was the Croatoa that were a friendly tribe that was located relatively close to where they had settled, Um, but there hasn't really been any proof that there's a tie to that. Uh, And I did also read in one article that the colonists had been instructed to carve the word Maltese in a tree or a post if they had been forced to leave, but there was no sign of that. See, that was another thing, like I, I was reading some information and one of the sources I was looking at said that if there was signs of distress and they were forced to leave, then they would, you know, write where they were going and put a cross underneath Mm -hmm. or like carve a cross underneath. So I don't know. I've read just some conflicting information about this, but it's funny because like I picture this CRO carved somewhere else as them first trying to like get the hang of their knife and like spell out the words and they're like, oh, that doesn't look that good. Let me try it again on this one. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that that C and that R and O looks much better. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it seems so ridiculous. It doesn't really seem symbolic to me, but I will say though, from personal experience, if you know a really good modern use of this this word is if you ever have a hookup and don't want to talk to the person again write croatoan and on a piece of paper or like on their mirror and lipstick and just that's like the original form of ghosting you get the point across Honestly, walking into a bathroom and just seeing Croatoan (laughs) in red lipstick, I would just lose it. (laughs) Oh, man. I opted for, like, the pen and paper just because I didn't want to use my lipstick on a, you know, on the mirror. But uh, definitely suggest this to anyone who (laughs) needs to use this in the future. Croatoan can get you out of some sticky situations. (laughs) I almost choked. I almost choked on my drink when I first read that note you made about it. So. <laughs> it's genius. I can't believe I've never thought of that. Um, yeah. So Croatoan, the only sign of anything from the former settlers of this colony. There's no sign of human remains. No sign of any, really anything, other than the fact that they were definitely there at one point and now they're nowhere to be found. So now we go into the many theories of what could have happened to them. So there's a lot, I will say, um, because 
The word Croatona had been carved into a tree. Like I said, the men originally suspected that they had relocated nearby to the Croatoan island. Um, but the weather was bad. Andrea, you were talking about this earlier. And the men were unable to travel by boat. So they were just like, eh, maybe they're not there. Maybe they are. They weren't able to get to them. It seems pretty <laughs> obvious that like, okay, they like, they packed up. There's no mass graves. There's not like a big, you know, like it doesn't appear that there was any sort of battle but they mm-hmm. had been threatened by local tribes because, like, I know on the first mm-hmm. expedition, mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who it was. Somebody they killed a leader of like a native tribe. Yes, yeah, so there, was, there was like bad. Mm-hmm. There was like beef going on here. Yeah, they um, beheaded yeah. him. Didn't they behead him? I think yeah, I so. believe so. They yeah. killed yeah. him in a really gnarly, disrespectful way. Yeah. And those were the military guys. And then you bring these families in, or like, hey, live here. This is going to yeah. be great. <laughs> Um, yeah. But they, you have these friendly natives, the Croatoans, so like it makes sense if they were to be like, hey, we need help, you got to get us the F out of here, that they were like, okay, you know, come on, let's go. But um, yeah, I, I also liked the theory that uh, John White was kind of a D-bag and when he went <laughs> back for supplies, they were all like, this is our chance to get like, and they just like ghosted him. Yeah. Um, he was in England getting supplies. <laughs> the and then original like, ghosting. Yeah. Like funny joke guys. We're not here anymore. <laughs> like he's gone. Let's, let's at <laughs> all, you know, his daughter's like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Dyes yeah. her hair a different color yeah. her father in rebellion. Yeah. Uh, so apparently oh, also... Okay. Oh, wait, what? They, so they didn't check the island Mm-mm. at all? So from what I read, <laughs> no. So the weather was bad, which weather comes and goes, so I don't know why they just wait it out. Uh, but John White was like, we need to go to Croatoan Island, right, to see if they're there. And his his crew refused but come on go. you guys he tried twice wow that's yeah. his daughter and his granddaughter who he's never met yeah. and after two attempts what i read was then he was just like i'm going back home and then he moved to ireland and lived his life and there were oh, i can't remember the name of the other guy in 1602 and 1603 two other men took it upon themselves to to make a mission to go check this island and see if they could find the settlers because people high high up were pissed that essentially they just lost 117 people with no trade. Yeah. So in 1602 <laughs> and 1603, two separate miss- missions were also thwarted by bad rep- weather on the seas. And I also yeah. read one of the ships was intercepted intercepted by French pirates as well. <laughs> that sounds so the, the ships never actually, yeah, they never actually <laughs> reached their destination. But we're looking at this part of the country and like this is not a huge area like how far did this boat really have to go like how bad was this I weather know. i'm just I'm no, no, no. You, you do also have to think like those ships were huge right yeah, like, so yeah. john white couldn't just hop on the ship and be like all right fuck you guys i'll go by myself like yeah. he needed a whole crew of men to know. make it happen i'm well, picturing so- like year-long hurricanes <laughs> yeah the distance is apparently 3,795 miles. Whoa, that's way farther than I thought. Yeah, so, I mean... The proclaimers would, would walk that, okay? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I think that it's lame that he gave up only after two tries. I wonder if... You know, if that were his sons, if he would try harder, honestly, because women were so just oh yeah disposable. You know, like fuck it, I'm gonna go to Ireland, yeah. and buy me another woman, make some more kids, make some Irish <laughs> kids. You know, maybe this like, time I'll get a boy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And she did also have a daughter. If she had a son, it yeah. could have also been a different story. Yeah. It's sad. Had that you I think been that, but... the other hundred people, though, like, wouldn't you? stay for a few years at least I, don't, I think it's very strange that he was just like oh, okay I can't get there because the weather's bad so bye guess I'll go home yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it is unu- it is I agree and and I read more excuse me about it but it just seems like weather kept getting to them which honestly maybe there's some magic in play here maybe you know I don't they know. didn't want to be found 
What if he's the whole group was just like back from England than he did looking for them? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe they just didn't care. Maybe that was just like a whole group of rejects that they just didn't <laughs> want anymore. And it was just like some huge sacrifice. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just going to go over there, drop them off, and then I'll, you know, give them supplies that won't work out. I'll head back, say I'm going to come back, and then don't. But then we'll <laughs> pretend to just for like, you know, show and maybe face. that's specifically why they made a point in articles to say, like in writings of it, that they were mostly middle class English folk. Mm. They were in good positions. Mm. So they're like, no, it's not like they were poor people. We just, you know, mm-hmm. you could be right. Just a big sacrifice. <laughs> I don't feel like they were really that worried about being open about not caring about poor people, though. So I feel like they probably just would have said, like, yeah, we just didn't really like the poor people. So. That's true. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were really hiding it back then they, as much as they, they probably do now. <laughs> but these people specifically were not of the poor. Like, they were. Pretty, yeah. yeah. They weren't rich, but they were like in a decent way of life there, you know? Yeah. Who knows? But it's, I do have some theories. Tell us your theories. Okay. Yeah. These aren't my these aren't my personal theories, but this was my most my favorite part of reading things because there's so many theories. Mm-hmm. And some of them I didn't really write down because they clearly are just a stretch. Um mm-hmm. or they there's no I don't know backing to it but so it's uh, like you're watching room 237 and you're like okay this one maybe this one whoa exactly right right. Uh, (laughs) well like there's one on witchcraft which is interesting because like the Croatoan people did believe in certain spiritual things and ideologies and stuff but their, the theory was just kind of like, what if they crucified them because they were witches? Or what if they were witches and they, like, what if the, you know, native tribes were actually witches? It, it just felt very like a circular thing. Um, but my favorite is the word Croatoan has apparently been connected to other mysteries in the past, specifically disappearances. Um, One is before Edgar Allan Poe passed away, he went missing for a short period of time. And when he was seen again, he was in a delirious state and wasn't really making much sense. And one of the final words that he muttered was apparently Croatoan. And to this day, we're not really sure how Edgar Allan Poe died. From what I understand, his medical records were lost, so nobody knows Hmm. what if he was under the influence or if he was suffering from something. Uh, Croatoan has also appeared in other disappearances. In 1888, Black Bart, which was a notorious stagecoach robber, carved the word into his prison cell wall uh, shortly before being released, and he was never seen from or heard again. Just carved Croatoan. That's kind of uh, awesome. Yeah, the word also was found in Amelia Earhart's journal after she disappeared in 1937. And the final bed that Ambrose Beers slept in, which is, he's an author, uh, before he disappeared in 1913, had the word <clears throat> Croatoan carved into one of the bedposts. So Croatoan really was the original ghosting, apparently. <laughs> so if I want to fake my death, then I have to <laughs> scribble this word somewhere. That's what you're yes. telling me. Okay, That's exactly noted. right. Sorry, I said, I think it's obvious. It has to be aliens. Like, all these people were either abducted or were, like, inhabited by an alien being. And so the Croatoan is, like, the glue that holds it all together. So I was trying to find the meaning of the word. Like, if there's any sort of... What is it? It says the word could be a combination of two words that mean uh, town council. Or... Hmm. Oh, where's the other? lost it or maybe the settlers oh go ahead talk town or council town is what it could be Hmm. a combination of words it's not a so my other thought is that maybe the settlers actually did see the fresno nightcrawlers they all decided to put them (laughs) on as and then they were transported into a parallel dimension but beforehand, they wrote Croatoan really fast. Yeah, just give us five yeah. minutes before we go. I have to get this out. Let me carve this real quick. Oh, fuck, I messed up. Let me start over. 
Okay. Uh, I can't stop <laughs> thinking about Andrea, was it you? Who was like, if you saw a pair of pants in the woods, would you try them on? And now I'm just imagining a bunch of English settlers like, oh, your pants. In Jankos. <laughs> Dude, they probably looked so comfy to them back in the day too. Like, especially to them. They're like, oh, those clean, shiny pants look so enticing. No matter oh. how much I wash my clothes, they're never that clean. <laughs> With my washboard in the river. Because, like, I was thinking about, like, poor Lavinia. And, like, if she just would have written Croatoa, like, on her jail cell, maybe she would have, like, pieced oh, out yeah. and been in another dimension having fun with the night crawlers. Right. It's, it's all like, control circle. Oh, we're just, yeah, we're tying all of our stories yeah. together. <laughs> well, it also makes me and think they all of, just like... walked up the stairs in whole Kansas. And yeah. Then... <laughs> and they emerged there. It makes me think of um, Beetlejuice too, like drawing a door on the wall with chalk and you just push through it and you're like gone, you know? Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what they did with, maybe if you write Croatoan on a tree, it just opens up and you walk inside and then- That'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> They're all I, in Christmas town. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I did think of a tie though to the Lavinia Fisher story. Mm. Um, being in North Carolina and the whole naval base thing and the land grab um, mm -hmm. is Kaylee, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was something to that too. Like that was the whole point of them scouting, right? It was they were trying mm -hmm. to find a good place to build a base. Yeah. And they were still doing that. Like there was like what, 100, 200 years later? Yeah. Wow. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's a lot of land to steal. Like, yeah. Just well, pick a place. No, I don't know. <laughs> we stole the whole country, so yeah. here we are. Um, I I have to go back to Croatoan on a sticky note really quick or a mirror because now Marissa, all I'm thinking is like a dude <laughs> finding a door in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm telling but, you, it it really gets the point across without having to be a complete bitch or really awkward. So. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Uh, another theory. <laughs> another theory is um, cannibalism. Although this one, I think personally, me to me seems especially far fetched because there were no remains found at any point, even despite mm -hmm. you know digging years and years later and looking for any trace of bones or any kind of remains. They didn't find any. Um, but kind of the theory of were the members of the colony victims to cannibalism? Was there were they taken and that was somebody used them to survive or were they required to turn to it for survival zombie outbreak that's another theory though the zombie outbreak i mean the tribes in those areas weren't cannibalistic yeah. so no exactly yeah yeah I and mean, that's the other thing is the theory that kind of crumbles unless they were eating each other but then yeah. where are all the remains where are the bones yeah yeah. Well, actually, well, all stuff. you can chop up bones True. and, mm -hmm. you know, grind oh, them fuck. and make them into like, you know, medicine or people would, you know, consume bones that way. Sure. But I, that's yeah. a lot of effort. I was thinking you yeah. like grind it down and put it in flour and make bread out of it or something. Yeah. 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 But it also seems like how do they... What? Oh, I was just going to say that's like the Jack and the Beanstalk giants. They say they're going to. Yeah, ground his bones. Grind their bones and make flour for my mm -hmm. bread or yes. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, maybe that's what it is all along. It's Jack the Giant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, not Jack the Giant. Jack's the kid that climbs the beanstalk. Right. Right? What is the giant's name? Does he have one? Does the giant have a name? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't so. No, I don't think they named the giant. He's just a nameless villain that's a jerk. Mm. Yeah. 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 Honestly, Jack is actually the jerk, so it's kind of... <laughs> yeah. Climbing talking to some dude's home. What if they just do there? Jack is a colonizer. He's trying to take over the giant's home. And so maybe the giant that lived in that land just decided, I'm done with these colonizers and I'm going to eat all of them. <laughs> well, like, did you see Mickey and the Beanstalk? They were so hungry. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, we've come full circle again. We're back to cannibalism. Uh, turns out, hot topic. Another like, theory. What? Sorry, I was just gonna say they could have tossed. They're like on the ocean, right? Like they're right yeah. there. That's true. No, nobody's dredging the ocean floor 
for like bone, yeah. right? Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like they could have, okay, that was another thing too. It's like their bodies could have easily just been tossed into the ocean or maybe they just like misunderstood Kraken for Croatoan, like the uh-huh. monster of the sea just oh my came God. up yeah. and ate them all. Or they were just like on a ship trying to get back and then they got eaten by a giant sea monster. I don't know, but they could very well have just like packed up and gone to another place or just been slaughtered and thrown into the sea. Truly, yeah, there's so (laughs) many, there's no evidence. So it could have been literally like, there's an endless amount of things. Yeah, it's basically Uh, like, how could you kill 117 people without leaving a trace? And then your mind just goes off. Yeah. Wild pigs. Aliens. Yeah, wild pigs. Wild pigs. Uh, witchcraft is often mentioned as something uh, that could have been utilized, whether um, Native uh, members thought, Native people thought that they, members of the colony were suspected of witchcraft, although they weren't known for being violent towards, you know, that ideal ideology, um, or were there witches in the woods that came and took them and killed them. That's also another theory. Hmm. <laughs> Which seems very far-fetched, but there's apparently a lot of stories, specifically in, like, North Carolina lore, about witches and spirits in the woods. Mm-hmm. I didn't dig too deep into that, so if any of you know more stories, but... I don't know. I mean, they could have just assimil- assimilated, like... I mean, Native Americans either could have killed them off and disposed mm-hmm. of all of their bodies, or, you know they relocated and integrated with a tribe and started a new life, you know? Yeah, I mean, that sounds the most likely. Like, I didn't do a ton of research into this, but one of the uh, Nat Geo, like, documentaries I found on YouTube was talking about that there was actually a claim for government assistance at some point, and I should have made better notes, um, but that there was, um, like, in genealogy, like, white heritage or... British heritage uh, in the bloodlines of Mm -hmm. some of these people um, that indicated that there was and I know certain tribes had like a thing about keeping like women and children um, as like captives and killing the men and Mm -hmm. so that would have made sense I think there was maybe like if I I could be wrong I think it was like 80 men um, and the rest were female or children Mm -hmm. that they, they like killed the men and then assimilated the women and children into their tribe. Yeah, that's totally plausible. That seems to be, I know I was going to get to it a little later, but we may as well talk about it now. Um, They, um, where is it? There was a 2020 article that came out specifically from the New York Times that um, talks about that, how the natives there probably took in the settlers or they assimilated with them and started living their lives together. And the theory specifically is based on English artifacts that were found alongside Native American artifacts that seem to correlate with the time frame of when those English settlers would have been in that place of time. Um, but there are some arguments against it specifically because it's not uncommon to discover things like that, whether it's Native American artifacts or early English artifacts, because <clears throat> obviously Native Americans were around for so long and the Englishmen were just discovering and traipsing through those areas so losing things wouldn't be an unusual thing but that's what certain people base a lot of their research on is the artifacts that have been found yeah because I saw that there were a couple of different things found like there was a writing tablet like a slate of stone Mm -hmm. maybe a couple fragmented bowls and I think uh, some get the technical term of it but they're basically like uh you know copper cylinders or something that hold woolen fibers Mm -hmm. stuff like that but that was like the only thing that they had found remnants of but um and then like it is interesting to kind of look at dna though i think that if people stay on this later down the road uh more and more will be discovered as technology advances especially within dna and tracking like that right i'm sure one thing i wish i would have had time to look more into um was the really amazing map that was created um during the first settlement i believe and it was like super detailed and cartographers have looked at it 
and were just kind of amazed at how accurate it was. Uh, but there was like hidden things in it. So there was one part where it looked like it was like a four pointed star that had like red around it and then blue in the middle or it might be backwards. And that that was either where they wanted to build a fort or where a fort had been built. And then like Croatoa Island was in red. And they were thinking that that was either meaning that that was either a good or a bad place to visit. They weren't sure. Um, but what fascinated me was that they were using like invisible ink back then. And they either used like lemon juice or some derivative of cow's milk. And I, did you guys read anything about any of that? Mm-mm. Yeah, I should have written more down. It was very interesting, but the map is gorgeous. Like you can go online and see it. Um, Ooh, interesting. It, yeah, that was super interesting to me. Yeah, that's like what I was telling you guys before we even started. There's really so much to this story that I didn't, I feel like when I first started reading it, it was all, you know, kind of the spooky theories and hearing the story initially of just, they came in and it looked like they had essentially just vanished into thin air because there was still food cooking and there was toys out. It looked like children had been playing, but then finding out that's really not what happened. And there's so much history to this settlement and also the tribes that were living in that area at the time. Yeah, the map just reminded me of National Treasure. Like Nick Cage needs to come to fight <laughs> for this. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> um, one more theory was uh, this one, the, they call them the Dare Stones. Uh, these stones were apparently found between 1937 and 1940 and apparently were wit- written by John White's daughter. They just said, fuck you, dad, on them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 the uh, inscription on the first stone read, uh, Ananias Dare, which I believe was her husband. I don't know if I pronounced his name right. And Virginia went hence unto he- heaven 1591, an Englishman shoe John White, Governor Via. I don't know what the last part of that means. Um, but the other side reported, the other side of the stone said that only seven members remained and that the rest had been killed by Native Americans. And it was signed EWD, which stands for Ele- Eleanor White Dare, which was her name. Uh, in 1940, 57 more stones were found dating until 1599. Some of the stones read things like one from 1592 claims that they are alive and living with a tribe in Nakuchee Valley in Georgia. One dated from 1598 claims that Eleanor Dare had married the local chief. Another stone claimed that she had given birth to the chief's daughter and the tribe was angry about it. And Eleanor requested that her father bring the girl back to England with him. A stone dated from 1599 stated Eleanor Dare had died and that she had a daughter named Agnes that survived her. By 2019, all the stones but the first discovered had been deemed unauthentic. So they were taken to by the Smithsonian Institute and they all did research and checked them out and essentially figured out that every one of those stones came from a time period that was way in the future and was not actually from the 1500s, except the one stone they found that said uh, only seven members of the colony remained. So aliens made the stones and then <laughs> went back in time and planted them so they look like they're from the future. Yes, that's exactly right. All right. The 1500s. Yeah. <laughs> so they couldn't be carbon dated. So they would never know. You heard it here first. <clears throat> You're welcome, everyone. Breaking news. <laughs> Uh, so those are the those were some of the theories I specifically read about and wrote down. Did you guys see any others in research that were interesting to you? Or I think those were the ones that really stuck out to me the most. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's the logical ones that completely make sense, and then there's the far fetched ones. But I mean, as much as I would like to think far fetched, you know aliens or zombies like I really just think that these people either up and moved or they just took up with a tribe or they were like all slaughtered I think they actually like assimilated though like I don't think that they were all killed maybe some were killed I I could see some being killed for sure especially the men like you were saying yeah yeah that just makes the most sense Mm mm-hmm 
Well, and especially because they were expecting their fearless leader to just like run and grab supplies and come right back. And <laughs> yeah. then it's like three years. They don't know that England That's is going true. to war with Spain. Mm-hmm. And so they're just yeah. sitting there like waiting and he's not coming back and they're getting attacked. And so yeah. it, it definitely makes sense for them to join like a stronger, friendly group of people that's going to help them. Yeah, they can't just pick up the phone and check in. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. y'all on your way back yet? <laughs> well, and, so. you know, going back to witchcraft, Kaylee, that you were talking about earlier, I mean, I think some of the reasons why natives thought that they were associated with witchcraft was because that there were so many Native Americans dying upon their uh, arrival because they weren't immune to the viruses and, you know, the illnesses that they were bringing over. So they're you know, they would see people get sick and die, but they didn't have the medical or biological understanding that they brought over illnesses that were killing people off. Yeah, exactly. So that's another reason that, you know, makes me think that sure, some would die and then sure, some were kept. Right, especially if they lost, you know, so many people at one time because Mm -hmm. diseases tend to spread so quickly like that. Right. And then maybe there was only 12 people left and it was kind of, they saw they weren't able to fend for themselves and, mm-hmm. you know, Kind of bouncing around a little bit, but I was thinking about uh, England just like leaving these people there. But I was just thinking about them going to war with Spain. And to me, this is all very reminiscent of kind of the race to Mar- or to the moon. And who can get there first was like, we're going to go colonize America. We're going to be first. And Spain's like, no, we're going to do it first. And like not wanting to admit defeat. And so we're just going to pretend this didn't happen <laughs> and then move right. on. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. We heard you lost 117 colonists. Prove no, it. Where true. are they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, so I guess, I mean, honestly, like you said, Marissa, with genealogy and whatnot advancing over the years, I'm sure someday we'll be able to get a clearer picture with DNA if they were assimilated or if they were, you know, they ended up joining a tribe. But Well, and I would really be curious to hear a perspective from someone who is Native and maybe if, you know, they still have like uh, people from these specific tribes in those areas. Like I have some friends and uh, some exes who are Native American and, but they're from different tribes and regions, like more so um, Oklahoma and like Alaska and Canada. But I, I would be very curious to hear about Native American perspectives from that uh, area, but I couldn't really find a lot of information on that from a Native perspective, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So well, if anyone's out there who has that, I would be very curious. Yeah, shoot us a shoot us a message. <laughs> well, as you guys know, um, there's a lot of pop culture references. Specifically, we talked about American Horror Story, uh, which was season six. If you've never seen it, it's just the Roanoke season. I would recommend it. Uh, American Horror Story is cool because yeah. I think you can jump around in different seasons and. If you hated season three, well, season five might be great. Uh, And season six, I think, was a lot of fun. I had a great time watching it. Mm -hmm. I won't give too much away because there's kind of a, it's a simple story, but it's good if you just watch it. That, I think, is one of the most notable references I found. Uh, Supernatural, not surprisingly, had an episode where Croatoan was referenced. Uh, It was set in an organ town filled with people that were infected with a highly contagious virus. Yeah, they they got, like, black eyes or something, too, I I feel like. I I remember watching that episode. Yeah, it said it was Um, an early episode. Yeah, it was, like, in the early season, so... um, And I I just remember, because my friend and I used to watch that show together... And however one of the brothers says Croatoan, we used to say it like that all the like we'd just be like Croatoan. Like I don't know. <laughs> like it was just the way he said it was really funny to us and we would always repeat it. So So speaking um, of eyes, that actually made me remember that there was this little tidbit that I found that if a couple hundred years later or whatever, there were a group of visitors 
that found, I think it was like in the early 1700s, that found a tribe of Indians with light skin and gray blue eyes and light brown hair that did speak English. And they were thought they were thought to have been um, like the lost, uh, you know, settlers who had maybe assimilated with uh, the Croatoan tribe and, you know, the colonists in the tribe, I guess. But the mm-hmm. kids definitely looked different than their elders. I had forgotten that. Yeah. Have any of you seen Frozen 2? No. no. I haven't seen the first Frozen. Same. Okay. Well, <laughs> Frozen 2, like, spoiler alert, Elsa <laughs> ends up being, like, related to a tribe of people. And I just remember rolling my eyes so hard because I'm like, how is this pale, blonde, blue-eyed chick, like, <laughs> related to this group of native people? <laughs> and so maybe that's how. Maybe she was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> she was like actually one of the well I used yeah. to I used to kind of be weird about that too because I'm a natural blonde and I have blue eyes but um I'm Spanish and I but I'm super white I'm super pale and mm-hmm. so I never really got that because I'm like French Irish and then um Spanish but mm-hmm. I don't look Spanish but when I went over to Spain when I was backpacking and went through Spain I mean, they hit me like a nail on the head. Like they knew right away looking at me that, that I was Spanish, which was I am really also, interesting. I am also Spanish, Marissa. I have like a small, like my dad's dad was, and I don't, I am the super pale as well. Uh-huh. But I, I have the dark hair naturally. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the only, yeah. Yeah, well, there's, like, certain parts of Spain that have lighter skin, lighter Mm -hmm. features, lighter hair. It's the same thing with Brazil, you know? Like, you think that these certain places and regions have, you know, then they do primarily, but there are certain regions of countries that have lighter, fair skin, and and it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, it was, like, overwhelming when I went to Spain. Like, I had never been called out like that I guess before not like called out in a bad way but just like well, oh yeah. shit like I, I definitely don't know what you're saying right now I'm like 22 I have no idea what you're saying yeah I have but, no idea what you're saying yeah <laughs> but I mean my name itself is Spanish but it's just I just don't look Spanish you know sure yeah at least in the American sense so I always thought that was kind of interesting but yeah I had totally forgotten that little little tidbit but I didn't see a whole bunch of other references than, you know, the Roanoke was the biggest one for me with American Mm -hmm. Horror Story, um, which, yeah, is a really fun season. That's probably one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Last American Vampire as well, the book, um, one of the characters was a settler in the Lost Colony and all the settlers had disappeared because they were murdered by a vampire named Dr. Crowley. Okay, I kind of love that as a theory that there was, like, vampirism going on and, like, a couple Mm -hmm. of the settlers got turned and, like, started eating their fellow settlers and then they dispersed and, like, flew off as bats. Honestly, like, (laughs) there's so many fun theories that you can... And it makes sense why this specific story, even though it's such a historical story... Like, it really has a lot of historical importance... um, but the the fact that they disappeared just allows for so many interpretations as to what could have happened. Hmm. So, I mean, I think yeah. that makes sense why it's inspired so many, like obviously American Horror Story Roanoke is a big stretch to what actually happened in the story, but it's interesting. You've got to think that they were either being held captive or they did not want to be found because back then, like somebody could have, you know, thrown a letter in a jar or tried to make some sort of communication. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's strange if the stones are fake or even if they're not, that there wasn't any other attempt at like making communication, even generations later, leaving like verbal stories down to their kids. Like, Hey, you come from this place, go find your ancestors. I mean, yeah, that's a good point too, but Maybe they just never thought. Well, you guys have any other thoughts on Roanoke? It was aliens. Yeah. <laughs> not the Nightcrawlers. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm still not convinced the Nightcrawlers are aliens, though. I think they're spirits. Yeah, I like that theory, too. Well, 
I guess that does it for Roanoke. What has cast a spell on you ladies lately this last week? So for me, um, I just watched earlier today, actually. Uh, So Trixie, Mattel, and Katya, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. They're drag queens, Mm -hmm. uh, both very famous from RuPaul's Drag Race. And they have a show on YouTube. Uh, Well, so they had an original show called... <laughs> but then they also have a show with Netflix, like they've partnered up with Netflix called Queens Who Like to Watch. Ooh. And it's just them reacting to Netflix products um, or like things that are on Netflix. But right now they actually have like a super episode where they just watch horror movies. And so they've watched The Witches, Scream, Poltergeist, Gerald's Game, and there was one other one I can't remember now. Um, but they just react to it and I just was dying laughing. So anybody that loves horror and enjoys a good laugh, I would highly recommend trying to find that particular episode on YouTube. I mean, if you just search Queens who like to watch, Mm -hmm. um, scream or something like that, you'll find it, but they're absolutely hilarious. And it's just really fun to just look back Mm -hmm. on all these classic horror movies that I love and see them kind of react to these movies because it's really fun to just see their, you know, they're so funny. So I was telling uh, Blair that I'm like, hey, I wish that they would just do a mystery science theater, but with Trixie and Katya because I would watch <laughs> the heck out of that. So uh, I don't know. We'll see maybe someday. But that's that's my, my uh, you know, that's what's put a spell on me this week. I love it. So mine is a book. Um, it's a novella called Sour Candy by Keelan Patrick Burke and it actually came out in 2015 and I just found it um, and it's very short quick read um, but it's like horror sci-fi it has a little bit of everything um, and I don't want to give too much away um, but it uh, has a lot of talking points um, about people that have kids and people that don't have kids and I highly recommend everybody read it and then find me on social media so we can talk about it because I need to talk about this book and I don't know anyone else that's read it. (laughs) Awesome. It was called Sour Candy. Is that what you said? Sour Candy. And um, so I just found this amazing thing called Hoopla. I don't know if you guys are on it, but (laughs) yeah, you can sign up for like a e-library card and then fun free books, movies, yeah. ebooks, um, audiobooks, and that's where I got it. Um, so I actually read it for free through the library. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, uh, Andrea, if you don't have Canopy yet, Canopy yeah. spelled with a K. Okay, I don't. It's also amazing, and you can get it with your library card as well. It's almost like Criterion Collection level. Like, it's just it's really cool way of watching movies. They have a lot of good stuff on there. They had all of A24 for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely worth it, and you get like I think you get to rent like or like check out ten movies a month and it's totally free. It's just with your library card. Oh, oh that's my god. Great. I'm gonna sign up immediately. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of things uh this week that were putting a spell on me that I, I really liked. One of them um well both of them are uh Native American influence. So one of them is a show that was on Netflix called Chambers. Did y'all check that out or hear of it? Mm-mm. So no. it it has it had Uma Thurman in it and it was I really liked it, but it got canceled after one season. I still suggest watching that one season because it's like a supernatural horror horror show and it's um uh, it stars Native American casts who are actually Native American, not Uma Thurman, obviously. But, um, and then like, it's about a young girl who gets a heart transplant from an upper middle class, uh, Uma Thurman's daughters, like an upper, upper middle class, you know, girl dies in a car wreck. And then a girl on a reservation who's native gets her heart as a transplant. And so then she starts experiencing like, uh, you know, uh, supernatural things are kind of going on. Um, she, her, Uma Thurman and her husband feel so bad about, uh, well, they don't feel bad, but they're like happy that their daughter is living on it in a different way. And so they bring this young girl off of the, her reservation into like the best schools. They like hook her up with the best clothes. And so there's this interesting like culture clash between um, high 
uh, high society and being white versus um, being native and on reservations and how she's sort of trying to like grapple with this new identity that she has while literally having this girl's heart and experiencing supernatural stuff that's going on. So it's really cool. It's only 10 episodes, but um, it was pretty intriguing and it gave rise to a lot of uh, Native American voices in you know, TV that you don't usually see, like you don't usually see a lot of. I thought I'd just drop that. The main actress's name is, uh, I might butcher this, so forgive me, Sivan Alira Rose. And then um, I think Griffin Powell Arkand too. And the writers and the production team also have, you know, Native American people on board. So it's really good. It's only one season, but I really enjoyed it. And then another um, book that I'm reading right now that's really good. I'm not super far into it, but it's called The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. That one's on my list. I've heard great things about that, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, he's actually Blackfeet Native American and he's a Texan. He was born in West Texas. So that's pretty cool. And uh, he's written a couple of books, but he's primarily into like horror fiction, crime fiction, science fiction. And um, yeah, I'm not super far into it, but it's basically like a dramatic narrative with uh, social commentary as well. Uh, These American Indian men have a disturbing event that happens in their youth that they're trying to grapple with. And, uh, you know, there's some revenge elements in there and uh, trying to like, I guess, you know, make up for something terrible that happened. I don't want to give too much away, but um, there's a lot of uh, touching on like breaking away from tradition, which is also kind of interesting. And it was described as like his latest novel is um, he's like described as the Jordan Peele of horror literature, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, Mm. but yeah, it has really good score on Goodreads and I just started that a couple of days ago and enjoying it so far. So not to add too much, I would like to bounce something else off of that that Mm -hmm. is just amazing. Um, Speaking of uh, spotlighting like Native Americans, Blood Quantum is now on Shudder. It was a 2019 zombie movie. I do not like zombie movies traditionally. Like it's not my genre. Um, but it is just absolutely amazing. The the acting, the directing, the special effects, I highly, highly recommend. If you have Shudder, go watch it. If you don't have Shudder, go get Shudder because you need it and watch Blood Quantum. Yeah, Shudder's great. I've been meaning to watch that. I'll have to check that out. Um, so for me, mine's much more simplistic. Um, my One of my favorite breweries in the city, uh, this is going to be mostly local, but Torn Label Brewing Company just released one of my all-time favorite beers. It's called The Witch. Uh, it, it's a artist collaboration with, oh God, I can't remember her name, but she works at Oddities Prints in Kansas City. And the beer is kind of loosely inspired by the movie, The Witch. And this beer specifically is a Gruet style ale. So do any of you guys know what a Gruet style beer is? Teach us. No. Okay, I'll teach you the ways. Uh, so Gruet is uh, an old, like traditional style way to brew. It's an, it was an ancient herbed ale. So instead of using hops to add flavor to the beer or add bitterness to the beer, they would use particular spices or herbs or plants. So this beer specifically is a black ale, Gruet style beer uh, brewed with rosemary, sage, and black currant. And it is, they release it, The they originally, originally released it as a one-time beer, I think maybe four or five years ago. And they didn't release it again for a year. And there was so much request for it. They decided just to brew it. And every October they re-release the beer. And it's my favorite beer of all time. And well, one of them. And so every year when it comes out, I get super excited. And I went and it came out today and I picked up a couple four packs before I recorded my podcast and I'm drinking one right now. So if you're local and you can get your hands on The Witch, I highly recommend it. And you like beer. That's another another thing. Sounds delicious. Well, Kaylee, I do have to say that the Haribo Sour Vampire Bats, one of the flavors is black currant. Is it really? So it would probably pair really nicely with that beer. Well, now I have to go get some of those. <laughs> I'll let you know how, it, how they pair. 
<laughs> okay. Well, I think that's it. Um, and if you've liked what you've heard, interact with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Black Magic Coven. Be sure to use the hashtag Black Magic Coven. Rate, review, and subscribe on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And this concludes the gathering of the Black Magic Coven. Listening to a downright creepy original on the Crickets Podcast Network.